back, everybody, to another episode of Swing Thoughts. What a week. Uh, my name's Humble Howard, golf spiritual leader, of course, along with my uh, good friend, Coach Tim, Tim O'Connor, O'ConnorGolf.ca. Good to be with you, sir, as always. It's good to have you, uh, you know, you seem very fresh, you seem ready to go, but yet I know that soon, in the next few minutes, listeners will find out that there's been an injury. <laughs> I've been depleted. <laughs> You've been what? I've, I, have, I have suffered, but I have this podcast to to give voice to it for, for others, salvation, for the benefit of others, not for me, but for others. All right. Well, that's what we're here for. We're here for others. You can uh, crank that back up another five percent. Okay. Uh, our guest uh, standing by, uh, just a second or two uh, before we get started, though, with our our guest today. Just want to welcome everyone. Thanks to TaylorMade Golf for uh, ongoing sponsorship. Uh, and thank you very much. There was a great little exchange. I can't remember now because I do so many of these. Did we ever talk about the exchange with that guy? Did we, re- did we read his stuff last time, or was that something that went went back and forth with just you and I? Uh, the person whose stuff we read. I, could you be a little bit more specific? You know that, that email from the guy that started listening to us, and we went back and oh, forth, yeah. and we felt so great about how we're changing lives and stuff, that guy? Yeah, um... Oh my God! I, th- I think is Tom Morgan. Yeah, Tom. Did we ever yeah. read his email? No. All right. Well, maybe later we will. Uh, we once shall. we once we get our bearings straight. Exactly. How we're touching lives, <sighs> changing. Uh, it, it, we're recording this on the sixth of November, which is the third day in a row that we've had temperatures in the high teens. Uh, maybe even up to 20 in some parts of southern Ontario. It's kind of like, you know, the golf, the summer renaissance or summer 2.0, which I got to tell you, for me, psychically wise, I just love it because November tends to be, for me, kind of the crappiest month of the year because the golf season's over and then it's just chaos for four months. Oh, 100%. I, I, I still find I have this plunge into university days when november was just you know there's no sunlight and you got all these midterms and exams and i just remember i think i said in the last podcast there was times i went would it be better to be hit by a bus than write this exam today <laughs> well i've been so, doing this joke for years i call it well october's over it's time for suck vember the entire month of Suckvember, where it's dark and rainy and we fall back. But not this time, my friends. Every sunny oh. day uh, is like a gift. Um, let's get right to a couple of things that have lined up. Like We, we, we had booked this guest, a friend of mine, who is a, uh, a professional golfer and yoga instructor. And there's a lot to say about the world of golf fitness. And through this winter, occasionally we're going to have this gentleman on to talk a little bit about what golfers can do and, and some of his ideas that are a little bit different about how to get better at the game, not necessarily with changing your swing, but changing your body, which can change your swing. And so this is lined up. At the same time, you started this morning a couple minutes ago by telling me, I was in the hospital yesterday. Yes. So why don't we do this? Why don't you tell us the story? And at the end of why you went to the hospital, we'll introduce Dave Lambert of Dave Lambert Golf because he can hear this. Hey, Dave, are you are you listening to the story now? Yeah, I sure am. Fantastic. Okay, uh, Sensei, let's have Tim tell us why <laughs> his rickety old body took him to the hospital. Let's I hear love it. The way you've, I love the way you've teed this up as the broadcast veteran that you are. So, uh, yesterday I was playing with my buddy Jason Bald at uh, Blue Springs. Uh, lovely day. Um, just played. We carrying our bags, just the two of us. A wonderful, wonderful day. Uh, so, I came off the 15th hole, and, and Howard, you might recognize this from Blue Springs. You start, you go up a hill to the 16th tee. Mm-hmm. I was about two-thirds of the way up that hill when suddenly in my right calf was like, ouch! Something felt like a pull or a snap, uh, a pull or a snap or something like that. And like, a full-on spasm, pain. And like, what the hell? And um, so just a funny part of this 
It's, uh, so my buddy Jason goes, well, can you stretch it out a bit? You know? <clears> so, yeah. so, Walk so it off. I put my, put my bag down, spread the towel out, and I sit down, and I reach to grab my right toe to pull it towards me. My stomach goes in full-bore spasm. <laughs> so I got a spasm in my leg. I got a spasm in my stomach. And I just, like, I don't know whether to laugh or cry. Anyways, uh, hobbled for the 16th hole. I mean, basically my leg... My right bottom of my leg was like this dead weight. Got a cart and finished and came home. Well, no, no, no. You finished the round? Oh, yeah. No, wait, wait. You got a cart? You called for a cart? Yes. Okay, I love that. That's my favorite part of the story. <laughs> well, you know, Jason and I were laughing. <laughs> Jason on the, on the 15th laughing. hole, no less. No, exactly. <laughs> He's well, only got what? two holes to go. <laughs> three That's holes. Bad, three holes to go. Oh, we're not my play. stomach is, I can't feel, my stomach is spasming, my leg is spasming, but I can, if I get a card, I can finish this. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, that part I can't deny. So, you know what? It was one of my best drives of the day. <laughs> of course it was. You know, I just like, I just like, okay, let's let this go. And, um, anyways, I hit it short in the bunker, blasted out to 10 feet, made the putt par. I can barely walk. Um, so, anyways, uh, yeah, finished the round. Uh, got home, iced it, phoned, phoned my doctor, and they said, you know, all we would be able to do, we'd just, like, give you an x-ray or something. And so I went to Emerge. Uh, so saw the let doc. me just jump in. It was painful enough even after it never stopped spasming. It was painful for you to go, geez, I better go get this looked at. I couldn't. I could barely walk. Okay. It was so. It was really painful. I was like... It was like kind of I was laughing at myself in the parking lot at uh, St. Joe's. What's St. Joe's? Whatever Victoria, uh, the hospital is named in Guelph. Guelph General. There you go. Hey, dude, just keep putting your mouth right here where the microphone yeah, okay. is. Be Anyways, great. I was, uh, it, it took me about 10 minutes to walk to the parking lot. <laughs> it was like, you know, 16 inch step, drag the right leg, 16 inch step. And then, of course, I go into the main entrance and say, well, no, you have to go around here and up these stairs. At this point, I'd be like, do you have a wheelchair or a fridge dolly? Can someone just... <laughs> anyway, so, dolly. okay, Dave's listening. So what did it turn out to be? Did you tear something? Did you? Yeah, the doc said I just tore some muscle. Oh. And there was there was just basically a nothing, you know, ruptured uh, ACLs or any of that nonsense. Uh, he said you just tore some muscle. He was a little surprised that, you know, after 15 holes that this would have happened. And it wasn't a cold day. It was a lovely day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I will say that about a month earlier, I had a bit of a twinge there in that right calf muscle. It's like up near the top of the muscle, like right below the knee. So, you know, yeah. this is a great segue. Uh, Dave Lambert, who has uh, come at golf from a different way. He's a, uh, you're a PGA uh, class, I don't know what they call you. Is class A professional? Uh, not quite class A yet, but working so, on that. What is that? So you're a professional until you play in that stuff? I, I don't know. I've already played in. Um, just in terms of getting your class A, you've got to do some of their education modules, which I'm not uh, fully completed just yet, okay. but uh, within a year. <laughs> um, listening to O'Connor there, and I don't know if you've met Tim in person, but it's quite a, it's impressive. It's a, uh, he's a physical. Yeah. Specimen. Yeah, he's a physically impre- impressive <laughs> specimen. Uh, who hits a nice golf ball? One of the great setups of uh, golfers I play with. You know, when, when I, I always say this about Tim's golf swing, you know, when you see it in static, it's uh, it, he just looks like a guy over the ball that's about to hit a good shot, which is a, a nice, it's a nice visual to have. You know, I'm not saying you don't hit good shots. I'm just saying you you look physically ready to hit a good shot. But I'm sure that Tim's story isn't, you know, uncommon. Especially with male golfers, and I say that because I have a tendency to think women, and this could be sexist, but I feel like they are more in tune with stretching and more in tune. I could be wrong, but I just don't see a lot of guys, and Dave, maybe you can start with this. I don't see a lot of guys stretching for real before rounds, and and I, I wouldn't say that was Tim's problem. I say it's everyone's issue. What are some of the things that you wanted to sort of touch on today? And maybe we'll start with that. We'll start with the way men approach fitness and how it relates to golf. 
Oh, for sure. I mean, we can, you know, <laughs> I could probably count on one hand how many times I've seen someone uh, do sort of like a physical warm up at the golf course this season before uh, they go out and play. Um, uh, you know, you, you, you look at guys who are on tour, uh, pretty much every single one of them's done some sort of gym work uh, before they've even arrived at the golf course. And uh, it can't be overstated that um, the body itself has to go through like a proper um, primer, a proper warm up before actually getting out there and hitting any golf shots. Um, you know, you see not too many guys actually investing, you know, 10 or 20 minutes of their time before they're around doing that. Most of us would rather go and hit a few golf balls, bash a couple drives, hit some putts. Um, but the reality is we'd probably be a lot better served if we, you know, properly warmed the body up, got the, got the body in motion, uh, got the joints functioning the way they're supposed to, um, so that you can go out onto the golf course, uh, possibly walk 18 holes and not, uh, not tear your calf. Well, I want to say in Tim's defense, and I, and I was teasing there about Tim being in, well, Tim's, you know, I think you're in, you know, very good shape. You know, you don't, you're not a big gooey, you know, dude. Hey, well, okay, I'll just jump in here that I work out a minimum of four days a week, Yeah, uh, sometimes five. I do all kinds of stuff that's related to uh, hips, glutes. I do squats, uh, all that stuff. Um, and uh, I walk every round of golf pretty well. I walk around my, uh, you know, in the evenings, go for walks. Um, I used to be a runner for about 30 years, so I've got a habit of physical fitness. Mm -hmm. uh, before my golf, I always do at least a five-minute workout uh, that I learned from the trainer of, the, of our golf team and Ralph PJ Tour coach Ralph Bauer. So I do all that stuff. So that's just some content. Well, no, and, and this isn't about uh, – I would tell you that's the exception. Um, but even, you know, I, I – like as much as I know about this, and and I've worked with people like Dave before, I don't spend as much time before around as I should. You know, I'm as guilty as anyone is of wanting to get through whatever warm up I'm going to do before I start hitting balls because I want to start working on today's magic move. <laughs> yeah, we well, see. Like yesterday, say so I figure I'm I'm right in line with with Dave. So it, these days. Like a lot of times this year, obviously, you're only allowed to be at the course like 20 minutes for your tee time. Mm -hmm. Like to me, there's no point, in essence, to run to the range and try and find something that's going to work. So I go to the short game area and I do my little worky out thing and then chip some balls, hit some putts, go to the first tee. Yeah. So the problem, Dave, is easy to identify that most guys aren't doing enough off the golf course. Obviously, you are, uh, Tim. By the way, did you want? Did you think that I didn't think you were doing enough off no, the golf no, course? No, I just that thought it was caused no. you to to tear your calf muscle. No, none of that. I just thought it would be really good for Dave and our listeners to know, like that that I that I'm doing this stuff, and so that Dave can respond and, and like just, like to me, it's a mystery. Why would this happen? Because I, 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 I have the answer. Because we're old. That's why. Oh, that's no, my. Not the, see, that's the one I've been avoiding. Um, Dave Don't Lambert. So, you know, Tim has a, a routine. I have one. I mean, a lot of, you know, a lot of men listening. Again, I, I have a sense. That, I could be wrong. I have a sense that women take better care of themselves. But so overall, give us some overall problems that tight muscles and how that the tight pro problems that tight muscles create and maybe how that relates to how guys swing golf clubs yeah for sure i mean i can i can start with that so um if you've got uh tightness in an area that is not designed to be tight in your body it's gonna it's gonna pull the club face sort of out of position of where you want it to be right so um if you think of uh you know the club face being sort of a the the sum of an equation you've got all the different positions of your body and 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 where you want the club face to end up at impact um is 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 kind of related to exactly um what the parts of your body are able to do i'm sorry if that's a bit uh, difficult to understand but and maybe put that another way um 
if you are not mobile enough in certain areas, you're not going to be able to get the club in the spots that your coach or, or your teacher or, you know, all these videos that you might watch online are asking you to do. Um, you're going to be restricted uh, in terms of your, uh, your your ability for any given uh, golf swing or any given day. Um, so something that you can do right away is like work on that before the round and sort of build that as sort of like a data. Um, be able to improve. Yeah. Dave, start that again because my uh, computer just froze. You said build that as a way? Um, build that as a way to... Um, yeah, I, I lost my thought there, guys. I'm sorry. I think you were saying... <laughs> so, so the ten, so this is the perfect the show for that. Yeah, exactly. okay. <laughs> the bodies are pliable and relaxed, the, the golf club is not going to move in the way that we want to be able to do it. So you were beginning to say that if you invest yourself in some kind of routine or actions you can take you can get your body in a state where you are more pliable right yeah so like mobility and flexibility is really a you know you're not going to become flexible in one day um, but the more you chip away at it um, sort of like every day if you build like a 10 minute routine or a five minute routine something that you're going to do on a consistent basis um, you're going to find yourself a little bit more open in the long run you know, so many. It's funny you say that. You see things online. You think, "Oh, that—that's what I'd like to sort of get my, you know, right shoulder to be more externally rotated on the way back." But sometimes, you know, I've been working with Dave a little bit. Like, I, I get, I get tightness in all those golf spots. You know, rotator cuff, uh, the lats in my back. Uh, my glutes are unstable. You know, I barely had glutes before I met Dave. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, you know, just just and and all the way down my my whole chain of command, and mm-hmm. and I've I've noticed you know when I'm looser when it's warmer obviously, but I've noticed recently even the last couple of days that I've played you know I've playing nicely or whatever, but in the back nine I have started to feel like I'm not seizing up but just stiffening up, and all of a sudden now the swing is more you know it's just a it doesn't feel as smooth. Do you know what I'm saying, Timmy? Like, yeah. I think that happens to a lot of us is that we're just, our fitness isn't enough to last the whole round. Yeah, and, and, and it's not only that I think our, our fitness isn't there, but we tire physically and mentally. Yeah. And as, as our shots go awry, we start to look through the Rolodex of swing thoughts and it starts to hit some squirrely shots and the whole thing just goes into a death march. <laughs> well, and, and, and interesting, Dave, that your golf swing, I, I said this to Dave the other day, you know, sometimes when I first start hitting balls, you know, I'm so good and so focused and tight, meaning, you know, not, not uh, inflexible, but as I sort of get stiffer later, I don't have the same tightness. I'm now wobbling all over because yeah. what I've lost is my core and base stability, and that's a lot of the stuff that you... Uh, with your you, with your yoga background, which I think is interesting, that you bring to golf instruction. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and that, and that you know, sort of getting tired later in the round, um, sort of losing your focus or losing your energy has has all to do with your physical conditioning. Um, you know, which is why it's ever more important right now to be making sure that off the golf course people are um, working on that so that you know that you don't waste a good round you know how many times have you gone out and shot you know even or one under on the front or you know whatever your personal best is or, or whatnot only to sort of um, you know hit the turn grab a hot dog and uh, have it all <laughs> have it all uh, wash away right um, so you know, I mean that's a whole other conversation the nutritional aspect but um Absolutely. Just making sure that you're able to um, withstand the time that you're out on the golf course, you know, at, at, at the very minimum. And uh, off course conditioning has is the avenue to sort of achieving that. So give us a couple quick things before we let you go on this first appearance about g- give me because, you know, I've been doing yoga for a long time, but I had Dave 
uh, working with me the other day, just doing this yoga pose that I thought I knew how to do. But what's interesting, Tim, and you've experienced this, when somebody shows you how to do it, you're like, wait a minute, that's a lot harder than <laughs> That's a lot harder than I, because I fake it. Um, what are a couple of things that you want people to start thinking about or start doing now? It's November. There's a few more great golf days. But then there's four months of darkness and, and crying and sadness. So what can we do between now and real Masters? And by the way, I want to talk about the Masters with you, Timmy. But how, oh, yeah. what can we do between now, November, and real Masters in April, or second Masters, uh, what are some of the programs that people can start to think about that they might want to explore? Well, that's a great question. Um, I think for the majority of the population, um, working on sort of your hip glute core complex is probably the most important thing that you can do. Um, I know most people uh, are lifelong sitters, right? So how many hours a week do most golfers sit in a chair? And when you sit in a chair, what tends to happen is that the tops of your hips get tight, your glutes don't activate, they turn off because they can't stabilize you, and then you lose your core. All these things are very, very important for the golf swing. And it's, you know, the main thing that I preach is actually having that stuff in line uh, and turning on and being active so that when you get to the golf course or when you get to go out and hit balls, um, they can be doing the work that they're supposed to be doing. We're not spending time trying to figure out, okay, what's going on? Um, why is my club sort of moving in this path or whatnot? We really want to like back that up just a little bit and really work on strengthening the glutes, um, getting the hips into extension um, through through poses or exercises or, or whatever methodologies that you want to do. And again, that's all done through um, just chipping away. You know, we're not gonna we're not gonna give you great glutes in one day. But if you worked on your glutes, you know, for five minutes a day for the next five, six months, you'll come out of the gates next spring um, and you might surprise yourself. Well, that, hey, I, I, I think that's ask, a Greg, good um, point. I get, no, you go ahead. All good point. You're a good ask, point. Um, You're a good point. Thank you. <laughs> this is really annoying. Um, <laughs> Which part's annoying? I'm just going to go forward here. I'm just going to ask my question. Um, we talk golf, you hear about the moment of inertia, and I think that's applicable to people in terms of their relationship with with fitness or whatever. There's there's the resistance. Otherwise, everyone would be fit doing all these things they need to do. So I don't know if this question could be dealt with now, but how do people start to say, you used the word chip away a couple times. How do they start to just sort of, overcome the resistance and get some movement so that they can see sort of they can see down the road how it can help but also it it feels good it's something that can maybe enliven their day rather than being oh god here's something else i gotta do yeah um so again i i kind of alluded to that um chipping away you know start small Start small, try and build a habit. Um, daily checklists are good. Um, there's all kinds of apps that you can get for your phone that can uh, remind you uh, to do mobility work today. Um, and, and really just sort of having the awareness that, um, that you want to proceed in a certain direction and just sort of understanding that like the obstacle, the thing that's like standing in the way between you and becoming a better player is the direction that you need to go, right? I, I, I can't remember who it was. Uh, some famous yogi uh, quoted that, like, the obstacle is the way, right? So right. the only way that we're going to, the only way that you're going to grow is by uh, going through difficulty, going through challenge, right? Well, um, I'm looking forward to uh, getting into some specifics with you. I mean, some of the stuff that Dave and I have started working on is very unusual. It's not typical golf training i'm not lifting a lot of weights it's a lot of stuff that has and what i like about it is and, and again next time when you're here let's get into some specific things because that's what all golfers listening want i mean we talked that you know our show is about the mental aspect of the game but there's also i think uh um appetite and i've sort of hinted this with you timmy that i think there's an appetite for us to expand our show a little bit because really in the bottom line is somebody's listening going all right what can i do to not shoot a horrible score today. <laughs> you know, it's really what we want. And maybe this is a little thing that you can work on uh, 
through the winter time with all of us. We can maybe talk about some of the stuff that's working for us because I, I know some of the exercise Dave's has, has have given me. We can share next time, and some I mean, some of your workout routine. You know, Mister. Once your wobbly calf, you know, we uh, starts to, you know, heal itself. Yeah, well, can I get down the stairs without saying out? <laughs> and by the way, I say wobbly calf respectfully. Uh, Dave Lambert, at Dave Lambert Golf. That's on Instagram. Look and uh, see what he puts up there. DaveLambertGolf.com. Uh, also, Dave's a partner in a Power Yoga Canada out in uh, uh, Yokeville, I believe. Uh, Mississauga. Mississauga. So near, near Tompkin and Rathburn. All right, man. Uh, all right. Well, that was great. Thank you, Coach. Good talking to you. Thank you. Um, Thanks, tune, Dave. Dave tune, Thanks, we're going to say goodbye to you now, but tune back in because for the rest of the show, I'm going to talk about a couple of things that happened to me. I played golf with a Trump supporter who believes the virus is a hoax, and uh, I got outdriven by a guy yesterday after my best drive of the year by 113 yards. That's a lot. That's a lot. Where man. do you want to start? Oh, I don't know. The Trump thing? Uh, I don't know if I want to do... You know, that's more of a Humble and Fred show thing, because I need about it. You know, it's, it's a lot. It was just so weird, but I'll, I will just tell you this. He's a fine person, and I didn't really... Gain, here's what I didn't do. I didn't engage, because it's like... Yeah. It's like talking to somebody that's in a cult, but one of the things he said... And, <laughs> One of the things he said that uh, I didn't respond to, but I sort of smiled. And as soon as I got home, I wrote it down because I can't wait to tell Fred. But um, he said uh, he was talking to one of the other golfers. and I just sort of overheard him. He goes, yeah, it was a virus. You know, what kind of virus? Only way to know you have it is to get tested. And I thought, cancer's like that, too, you fucking idiot. But uh, (laughs) the only way to know you have it if you get tested. Yeah, tell that to the thousands of Canadians that died. You know, well, what about the? I think you could also find out if suddenly you had a fever over 100 degrees for no, a know. couple of days in a row. The only you know, way, but, he actually said that he's a grown human being who said the only way, the only way to get to know you have it is to get tested. And I just that's you know this actually <laughs> we don't have to stay on this topic. We can, for a while, but uh, it's a perfect topic for a show that delves into to the you know the mind stuff of golf because. Um, I'm sure there's all kinds of foursomes out there in which you got people who want to talk about politics, yeah. who have a view, and others guys say, you know what, I'm not talking about this. Um, I tend to be that way. Part of it is, <clears throat> that's not, I'm not there to do that in golf. I, I really, the same reason I don't like music on the golf course. Um, golf has a well, certain... There's another topic. Wow. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I've... It's become a, a thing, you know, there's, you know, the guys that know me and guys that don't know me very well. One of the things is, oh, you know, Howard doesn't like music on the course. But I always say this, well, Howard likes music. He just doesn't like your music. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. I always, and I can say that I'm like, Howard's listened to a lot of music, you know, over the 40 years he's been, you know, in the music industry. I just don't want to hear your 80s hair band playlist, you know, on a beautiful sunny day. You know, with a with a light breeze blowing through the trees, you know. Um, but but yesterday when this came up, I sort of just kind of stayed away from it. A couple times I just, you know, quietly said to another person when this other person was talking about some urban myth about how doctors are being paid thousands of dollars to, to say it was a COVID case because they get extra money. It's all just Internet bullshit. But at, when he was saying that, I was—I just said quietly to my friend, "That's not true. None of that's true. None of it is true." And I could prove I it to him. I could take my phone out on the fourteenth hole here and say, "See, that's not true." But I, I don't—the energy it takes is not why I'm playing golf. Oh, I, I, absolutely. Um, but I got to think that there's going to be some stories we're going to hear down the line of like fist fights on the golf course. Guys who just like you know walked in, uh, people who just like I can't play golf today because I just you know I'm going to strangle this golf club because that's what I want to do to this guy yeah. who keeps talking about Trump. <laughs> but when you say things like "What kind of virus?" The only way to know you have it is if you get tested, and I'm like, well, that that's first of all that's not true. But a lot of diseases you don't know 
Unless you oh, get tested. Uh, anyway, but it's, it's all the... What you know with a Trump supporter, even a Canadian one, is they just have drank the Kool-Aid. And as of uh, November 6th at 8.40 in the morning, uh, when Tim and I are recording this, three of those four states that are in play, Georgia, Nevada, um, Mich- uh, Pennsylvania, and uh, Arizona, three of them are going joseph biden's way and of course what you have is the trump supporters going stop the count but keep the count going in the places that we're winning you know he they there there's all these nincompoops down there talking about voter fraud but the senate that's republican they're not talking about voter fraud there all the states that trump won no voter fraud there so this is the the problem is if you drink the trump kool-aid it's hard to back out of that you know Oh God! Yeah, it's it's insane. <clears throat> Sorry, I didn't mean to steal the political. I didn't mean to steal this. You can't you, you can't avoid it. It's part of life, and it's just uh, you know I just I put a Facebook post out. No, I uh, saw it. It was great. Well, thanks, but it was just like really four years of this dude, and even if you agree with him on on things like you know like certain what? issues. Like abortion, etc. Oh, I see. If you um, if you agree with his with the Republican, yeah, exactly. Issue, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but yet you still you still turn a blind eye to to lying, to narcissism, to misogyny, to to personal politics for self aggrandizement. All of that, you <clears throat> say, I'm going to vote for this dude anyways. Yeah. I, I that to me. The the sadness I felt was also I was completely confused and perplexed. And so what I put in that post was that I guess I just don't understand people who uh, I guess I don't understand their values because there's just and that's part of I think where we're at with where America's at is just this polarization of people who just don't understand each other. See, I, I, I went from and I, and I read your article, your blog post, whatever you want to call it, <clears throat> and I read it. Okay, I skimmed it, but I got the point. Um, <laughs> got the gist. <laughs> I used to, I, I've shifted <clears throat> my um, point of view from thinking that all people down in America that support Trump are a bunch of idiots because it's it's too simple and it's too easy to say that. And I had this discussion with Fred. I said. I almost feel sorry for them because my dad used to say this about certain things. He go, well, you know, they come by it honestly. And I never understood what that meant. But when you're born in a place, you know, whether it's Arkansas or North Carolina, Greensboro or Charlotte, and that's what you're brought up in. Your indoctrination is in that culture. You grow up thinking certain things are a certain way. So along comes this you know, galvanizing character, and, and you think, oh, here's somebody fighting for me. Exactly. No, and, I'm right with you there. And I like guns, and I don't want abortion, and I think that there's m- angels in America, and, and on and on and on, and it, it's hard for us, you know, to... It's easy, I should say, to put them down, but it's hard, and that's what I liked about your blog, is that you. it, it sometimes is a harder thing to s- try and understand somebody's point of view. And I feel bad for those people because they've been hoodwinked by a really bad guy. Yeah, um, they're not bad. He's, you know, he's a beast. He's an obscene narcissist. I, I read a New York Times uh, article this week, and they, they use this phrase, malignant narcissism. How's that? Mm. Well, that's uh, pretty graphic. All right, let's get back to golf. i got a couple cool things for you. So uh, one is, what do you think... This is a leading question, but I do want to get your thoughts. First of all, I'm excited about the Masters. It's the Masters week next week. But what what do you think watching the Masters in November will be like for you? What's it going to be? I think it's going to be a really interesting tournament, and it's going to we're going to get. But I, it's going to be some. It's going to be a surreal experience. Because it's going to be detached from almost like the rebirth of golf that comes with. I think that's part of a big thing of the Masters allure. Yeah. It's like you're looking at this magnificent golf park with its beauty, and even you know Jim Nance and the tinkly piano music, and 
the narrative of who's winning and all and the lore of it. To me, that's all connected with we're coming out of winter. Yeah, and it's almost like a rebirth, and we're coming. Out. That part will be will be missing. So yeah, I agree. It's almost like it's out of order because it's going to go Masters Thanksgiving Christmas as opposed to Masters golf season. Yeah, exactly. So there's going to be an emotional. It's going to be weird, I think, in many ways. A lot of people are going to be sitting there going, "Hmm, good golf tournament. I like watching this thing." But it'll be very interesting to see how emotionally sort of stirred, invested we are as Mm -hmm. viewers. I, I agree with all that. I think that there's an aspect of it I hadn't really thought of until the last couple of days, which is normally when the Masters is played, the NHL playoffs are, are just about getting going. NBA's in you know high part of their season. Baseball's just getting started, and it's sort of one of four sports that people can kind of choose to get engaged with. And golfers, of course, I mean, I, I think the Masters in general is one of the most watched golf tournaments. For non-golf watchers. Oh, yeah. But this one, I think, and I could be wrong, I think that this will be one of the highest rated Masters of all time. Simply because no hockey, no baseball, no basketball, football's on, but, you know, it's not, you know, we're not near the playoffs in the NFL yet. You're right. So a lot of people, yeah, they might be, uh, you know, tuning in for their team's game that day, but they will definitely tune in for part of Masters Sunday. I think in numbers that they may not have seen since, uh, you know, Tiger won in 19. It, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it'll have a lot of, I think a lot of non-golfers are going to go, well, this is it. This is like a Super Bowl. Yeah. What, TV is such just a big part of the way we live our lives. Yeah. And, um, and we always want big experiences. We want, and so, and the Masters delivers that, as you said. Uh, the Masters draws a lot of people who aren't golf nerds. They just, oh, this is interesting. Is they like sports? They like events, and so they're gonna they're gonna be called to it. I also, um, I do not, <laughs> I do not recommend that if you're an avid golfer that you go to a house that's hosted by someone who's an avid NFL person because you'll get in a fist fight. <laughs> Uh, I think a lot of guys like my buddy Fred from the Humble and Fred show, he watches the occasional golf on TV. Like, he'll watch uh, maybe on a Sunday afternoon. He will always watch the Masters, but I don't think he would watch it, say, like me and you, like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday kind of, you know, look in at some point. Absolutely. Whereas this year, I think he will. I think part of it is where it is on the calendar is so odd and yeah. like I said, there's nothing else going on except whatever week eight or ten of the NFL season. So I think it's going to get a lot of vies. As far as how it's played, I guess this really will be our last show before the actual tournament. I I, uh, I don't really know. I, I've been reading that the golf course is going to play different. I think these kids are... You know, they're so long and they compress it so well that, you know, whether there's roll or no roll, uh, Bryson DeChambeau is going to be, he's going to drive three and it's going to be, all that stuff's going to be great. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Oh, it, well, you're talking one of the most amazing golf courses in the world to contest a, a tournament, like mm-hmm. you said. It has so much, and so it's got great storylines going into it. Um but I think, and things such as, you know, I was reading that, okay, Augusta's greens are bent grass. So, in the fall, I mean, the grass, uh, bent grass is a cool weather grass. November, it'll be fine. Yeah. So, it, it, they think that the conditions on the greens will be somewhat similar. Uh, plus the fact that they have that sub-air system under every green. So, they can they can do whatever they want, really, within... You know, Mother Nature doesn't have as much play as she does on other golf courses. But I, I just think that, um, no, I, I think it'll be really neat, but it's just going to be a bit weird. 
Yeah. I don't think. Um, but the colors are going to be different. Yeah, the color. Well, that's another thing. I think they're going to like. You know, they'll. F- they're not going to be the flowers blooming like in April, but they're going to. They, they, you know, that there's stories about how they green up things artificially. They will. I mean, it'll just be fine. Yeah. The best story I ever heard about uh, the, what CBS did one time was just to heighten that whole, you know ambient part of watching the masters that they brought in some bird sounds yes right i know the story and some right. bird experts went wait a sec those birds are not <laughs> native to right. Georgia. <laughs> um i can't remember there's a comic that does a bit about that about who was the guy out there who took the call from the bird guy you know um I will say this. I, we, we had a guest on uh, a couple months ago, a month and a half ago, another guy from Glen Karen named uh, Mike Marshall. He's the uh, head professional there. And Mike's a big guy. You know, I, he, he's a big, strong, heavy, solid man. I, I think if you had to describe him, he kind of has a body, you know, like, uh, remember old Carl? Say again? Like a bus? Yeah, like a bus. Remember Carl Peterson, that guy oh, yeah. with the very strong, stocky man, very strong. I so I, Mike, Mike Marshall, more muscles than uh, the frontal uh, appendage. Yeah. That, I mean. Well, you know, but he's a big fella. He's not a skinny yeah, man. Yeah. He's a big, no. heavy, truck-like fellow who has a very, very good golf swing. So mm-hmm. we played yesterday at uh, la, 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 Rattlesnake. And I don't know if you know a copperhead that starts with a par five, then it has a yep. small par four, then a tough little par three, and then it has a par four that goes a par five that goes the other way. It's a little dog leg right. And it's five hundred and sixty five yards. And uh the old Hal man, I'm playing I'm playing with Marshall, Trump supporter, uh Paul Gortner, who's a super beauty, plus one handicap, and me. And uh, I don't know why. I get up on that tee. Uh, I guess Gortner hit first. Just killed it. But when Gortner hits a really good one, it's like 20 past me if I hit a really good one. But I hit a really, really good one. Like, I was like, wow. Like, I don't know. Is it as good as I can hit a golf ball? It felt like it was. It's just that kind of drive where it didn't feel like you hit anything. The ball went really high. It drew a little bit. I got a bunch of roll. And so we start walking to our balls. Oh, I should say, then Mike Marshall gets up and hits something. I don't even know what it was. It was so, it was hit so hard. We, uh, we, none of us could see where it lands. In fact, there's a, cause it cut the dog leg and we thought it might be in the trees. No one had ever seen anyone hit it on that line. So we get up and get our balls. And Timmy, a 565 yard hole, I hit it in the fall, 295 yards. That's wow. and I mean it was enormous for me. Paul was about fifteen ahead of me to the left, and <laughs> when Marshall walked to his ball, he was so far ahead of us. Gortner had to yell at him, "Laser him!" And I was like, "What? Laser Howard? <laughs> Laser how far you are away?" Because he was a hundred ahead of Paul. He was 113 yards ahead of me. No, I'm, I said, what? And I'm lasering back and forth. That's how much further he hit it than I did. Now, oh to be fair, it was a dog leg, and he hit it through the angle of it. So in actual fact, it wasn't a 400-yard drive, but it was. I went over to him and asked, uh, what did you have into the hole? And I think he had, I don't know, 180, one, something ridiculous. Mm. But the irony, so I hit three wood. Again, very nice swing. Hit it just to the left of the green in a bunker. Uh, he had eight iron. <laughs> he had eight iron, but the funny thing is he just nukes it, hits it over the green, pitches back up, impossible pitch because the green's going away from. Uh, I hit a crappy bunker shot, two putt per, fa- per par, and so did he. <laughs> I love the look on your face. I was so happy. I was like, we both made five, Mike. So suck it. But (laughs) I will tell you. Despite you hitting it so far beyond me, you could have planted a strip mall. Yeah, it was impressive. I mean, mean, we all have stories of playing with young guys. But I play, you know, quite a bit with Mike. And I've seen him hit a lot of good drives. And I, I said to him, I said, that's the longest I've seen you hit it. Since this time a couple months ago, but it, it it's a he's a big man who has a very good golf swing that just like when he hits a wedge, like the divot it takes, it's like a loaf of bread. <laughs> it just goes 
just go, poof. You know, <laughs> it's like, me, now I've injured my larynx. I'm laughing so hard. Well, you know what I mean? It's just like this big, poof, this thing flies away. Yeah. And it, could, it would hurt you if it hit you. It, it would hurt you. But uh, it was a great day, though. I, I uh, you know, I didn't play. I played, like, not terribly. I just didn't play very well. I made eight bogeys, and I made ten pars. Uh, Paul shot 71. Hadn't touched a golf club wow. in a month. Uh, Marshall oh. shot 74. Uh, there was a guy behind us uh, in our group of guys who shot 68. Oh, oh yeah. Golf. Yeah, some good golfers. Well, you know, interesting. What I'm surprised about is how far the ball is going, despite it not being all that warm. Yesterday, I found that I was struggling with my numbers all day uh, because the ball just wasn't going as far. Mm-hmm. And, um, but also, I wasn't taking into consideration the ground was soft, like it was kind of like muddy mm-hmm. spots. So, you know, I'd, I'd hit what I thought was a dead solid iron shot and come up just a bit short or something. But so I'm, I'm surprised how well you guys played, given that the golf courses are different now in the fall. Oh, yeah. Um, softer and, and, and the ball doesn't go as far in the air. Well, we're at Rattle, they, uh, it wasn't as you know. I've played a little bit recently, and, and as as you described, it was you know the ball just hits and stops. So we were getting some roll there yesterday. Like it, it was drier. Plus, it you know it warmed up yesterday. You know when we started at around noon, it was still that the air still had a little bit of chill in it. But by uh, two or three in the afternoon, it was fantastic. Yeah. Well, you know, also one thing is that Rattlesnake Point is a really well constructed golf. Course. Yes. That that terrain they built it on was perfect. Yeah, it was farmers' fields, but they just it, Clublink invested a lot of money in in how they built that golf course. So you know that those greens are always really good. They run fast. Greens are good. They run fast. Uh, I like you know I, I like the golf course. It's uh, the sidewinder, uh, and I find not as challenging. It's a lot easier than you know Copperhead, but. Uh, no, I really enjoyed it. And again, and and so we were Gortner and I were playing a team match against the other two guys, and we were a couple up on the front nine. And then they, uh, as a team, they birdied five holes in a row, and <laughs> it was even the Trump supporter made three birdies in a row. And I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Uh, anyway, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was a great match. We had fun, but it was funny when they started making birdies. It was like, "Are you?" I kept saying things like, I didn't know we were supposed to try so hard. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's I love that. Ball. Like, oh, great. Yeah. We're just, me and Paul are just out here having fun. Meanwhile, we played yeah. nice on the back nine. You know, we were both even par for most. I mean, I think I shot, I think I shot like, I don't know, what did I shoot? Six over, two over or something. Like, I was playing good. I wasn't yeah. terrible. But it was uh, funny. I was playing. Well, fall is, there's a different mindset. Like, we're just talking about. Yes, uh, this is what I want to get to. There's a. There's a different mindset in the fall. Yes. And it's funny. I was playing with my buddy Jason yesterday, and I said that I, I haven't been able to do it the last couple of years, but I generally like to play the, the golf course my last round by myself at Blue Springs. Oh, I like that. And I kind of have this, <laughs> I told Jason, it's kind of dopey, but it's kind of like, goodbye, number four. Have a great winter. <laughs> See you in the spring. <laughs> I'm always <laughs> laughing because that's so, I would do that. Goodbye, Leithfield three. You were so good to me during the club championship. You were. Thank you. Thank you. I think. Yeah, well, uh, we were talking about closure. Jason and I were actually. He's done some. He's done some really good um, uh, trainings around dealing with grief. Yeah. And he said, "No, oh, it's like what we're talking about is closure. It's like you're you're saying goodbye, and there is this sense of, oh, I'm going to miss you. You know, it's like when you move out of a house." You know, people say that, you know, the, the, the smart people in this world say you should actually say goodbye to your house so that you get closure on it. And that's part of what we do. So, you know, I laugh about it, but there's a degree of truth in it. And part of the thing that I every once in a while yesterday, I just caught myself looking around going, I'll miss you, Blue Springs. Um, and and just being a sense of gratitude that it was a lovely day and here we were like November 5th <laughs> playing well, golf and it was a lovely day all of that stuff I don't have the words uh, to create 
the concept of how much I agree with you, but just know that I do. I, I, I and, and even to the point where the last, because I'd written down one of the things I wanted to finish with uh, today with you is what do we? What can golf in the fall teach us? And I say the, for me, the fall starts. You know, for me, it started after my last tournament, which was St. Thomas, the one I was sort of a tournament round. And I didn't screw around with my golf swing very much all summer. But as soon as that tournament was over, I started to play around with my swing just because it's fun. And I and what I've learned over the last couple of months, but certainly the last couple of rounds, because I had the same situation yesterday, even when we were being bulldozed by five birdies in a row. (laughs) Um, We were having a great time. It didn't stick to me. I didn't feel it in that part of your golf gut where you're like, I don't know, petulant and jealous. And why why aren't we making birdies? It was mostly just every birdie they made was more hilarious. It was fun and great watching guys. Really great watching guys hit good shots, you know. And these are good players, even the Trump supporter. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I would find myself, as I said to Rachel last night, I sort of just found myself constantly looking up and going, you know what? How great is this? Because like, I won't have. I'm. It's like you almost appreciate it, knowing it's going away, in a way that you may not in the days of June, July. You know. So one of the things I think is what it teaches me, and maybe other people, is that you can have a great time playing golf without being. Well, I'm going to speak for myself. Being affected so much. By scores and shots that are less than, you know, the the perfect outcome. And the last thing I'll say is, one of the things I want to work on for 2021, and I've started it now, is not taking golf shots so personally. Uh, yeah. Like, that is a huge one for me. Because if I could chip away at that, man, I'm going to be a lot happier out there. And I think I, I think it'll be just good for my general... I don't think it'll lower my score. I just think it'll lower my temperature. I think it'll lower your score. Absolutely. I I believe it will. It it just, when we're not identifying ourselves with shots or, oh, I failed or, or that didn't come off the way I wanted or yet again, there I go screwing up. Yeah. There's just a more level of um, equanimity and, you know, we don't get as tight physically because unwanted we get these muscles that tighten all the time and, and that's basically from insecurity and just wanting to do things right all that stuff so i think what fall golf does for me is allows me just sort of to it's, it's letting go of the trying yes you know that's my thing i've talked about that over and over again yeah. like i'm a recovering perfectionist so when i can just go out there and my, the day yesterday was about having fun with jason like it was the second time I got to play with them. We had a great time about three weeks ago and said, let's do this again just because we enjoy each other's company so much. And so it was just the two of us, lovely day, and just out there having fun. So there was no, okay, I've got to work on this uh, and this. Although I will say, based on the last time you and I played, I had an awareness of my alignment. And I had the... So, folks, as a right-hander, like a lot of right-handers, I kind of have this bias to aiming my body to the right of my target, and then I've got to create this compensation and get the club back online. So what Howard and I and our buddy Grant were working on, that was a couple weeks ago, right, yep. was <clears throat> actually feeling that we're parallel left. Yeah. And for me, that felt that my body was outrageously open to the target. Or way, fact, actually open and way left of the target. Exactly. But that was just based on habit, what I was used to seeing. Yeah. So so when I went to that place of, okay, just set up, it's going to feel really left, but just swing. Dude, I hit a lot of great shots yesterday. Well, um, <clears throat> and that excuse wasn't, me. But that was it. Just no, set but, it up but, 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 and let it go. But that's not, see, there, like, I think we should do a show one time listing all the things that are uh, swing thoughts in terms of mechanics or so I, I would set up a call and we can have a, a little fun game. Swing basic versus swing, you know, trying something you saw on YouTube. You know, like yeah. swing basic versus swing tip. Because, you know, my buddy Henrik, he's he's culled it down to such a simple mantra. Good holding, good standing, 
good turning and lifting, good swinging. Because <clears throat> really, I know that sounds that like a the, lot. Is that in the basic category? All basics. Okay. How you hold the club, how you stand to it. Those aren't tips. They're just basics. You want to, I'll tell you what. If you want to invest some time this winter, stand in front of a mirror and make sure that you're lined up correctly, the ball's in the right spot, not too far, not too whatever, and do those things because I'll tell you, even at our level, and I include you and I, <clears throat> you know, we're decent golfers. At our level, the things that make the biggest difference are the smallest things. 100%. And I mean that the stuff you were working on with Mertz, great stuff. But if your if your club face is aimed down the right hand side of the fairway, and you think it's aimed down the middle, you have no chance. Yeah, your body cannot open and shut and swing. Imagine a baseball player. And here's the the last thing I'll say: if you want to hit it over the second baseman, but your bat is aimed at right field, you have no chance. Right. So how it would feel if you want to hit it over second base, your body really has to be lined up with third base because that's the only way that gives you a chance to swing your arms out in that direction. That's great. That's a great analogy. I love how you use the imagery of the baseball diamond. Um, very effective in your coaching uh, golf spiritual leader. Um, <laughs> also, um, but yeah, so a couple points I want to make is one is. Gosh, as golfers, you know, me included, I believe you, a lot of times we look in these other places, whereas, you know what, if we just take care of posture, grip, alignment, those foundational pieces, the, that's usually where the trouble is, and, and just pay attention there. Always. The other thing, I just caught myself in the irony of it, and, it, and this speaks to us as golfers. So. For a moment there, I'm talking about, oh, I was just so happy to be on the golf course <laughs> with my buddy Jason, and it's so great to be out here. And then it was like, okay, uh, that pos- that alignment thing, um, I'm going to give that a shot and see how that makes – oh, yeah, pal, great. <laughs> no, but, but I, that's why I wanted to say that alignment thing isn't something that you may or may not opt into as a golf. It is – Every PGA Tour player you see, they are not aiming where they're not looking. Yeah. But I was going to say, you know, one of the things about playing in the fall, and, and, I, and, and, and one thing I've made a conscious effort to do more, whether it's the fall or just every day, is I, I've tried to, to play with a little bit more buoyancy in my personality, meaning like... You know, sometimes, like when I was playing with you and Grant the other day, we were having conversations, we're talking in between, and it was, you know, it was a couple of nice guys I was golfing with, and oh, by the way, we're also hitting golf shots. But like yesterday, you know, I, I be, so what, it, what it's done for me is I'm now more myself when I'm golfing. I know that sounds weird, but, you know, yesterday... Uh, I started this running gag like um, early on the front nine. One of the guys got a, a made an, an up and down, like a really good one. And I said, oh, my God, uh, um, excuse me, uh, Mike, uh, the readers of Up and Down magazine want to know what was going through. So I be- it became the thing like oh, the, the readers from Masha Drive magazine want to know. So both of we there's two of us in the back nine both had, you know, uh, we both got near a par five and two and we had tight lie chips maybe 30, 40 feet, and I hit it halfway there. So I stubbed it first, sort of chunked it, hit it halfway there. Then Marshall did the same thing, and I said, yes, it's an, right now we're having exclusive interview with Howard and Mike from Stub a Chip magazine. So my point is, not that that was that funny, but in the moment I was... I'm still having fun as opposed to, why did I stub a chip? I practice chipping all the time. You know what I mean? Like I was able to diffuse oh, it totally. for myself. Um, and that's not something I've, I've, I'm be honest with people know me. That's not something that's always come easy to me. Great awareness. There you are. I mean, you're, what I love about that is that now you've sort of aware that, oh, there's a different thing I'm doing. And in fact, I'm having more fun and ultimately it leads you to play better, you know, because you drop in and out of focus. And what that shows is that you're not living and dying with every shot. Yeah. And, and, and and I think that when we do that, we hit a bad shot. It's very typical to start going through the Rolodex of what I did wrong. Oh, yeah. Make sure you keep your left wrist firm, right wrist hinged, head down, accelerate. And all that stuff is just that's where the self-interference happens. So 
you know, when we can kind of like it, it's Carl Morris talks about this a lot. He talks about that um, the egg timer of energy or mental focus, and he goes, "You drop in, you drop out." But if if the if you're always focused and always working hard and and it's all serious stuff, mm-hmm. you run out of energy. You just don't. You just can't do it. And you know what you just described is every golfer after a bad shot going through that Rolodex of what could happen, what should I do next, and what you don't get, or for me, is you don't get the chance to say, uh, yes, I'm here from uh, Chunk of Chip uh, magazine. I'm just wondering, Mr. Glassman, what is your method for being in front of a par five and two and then chunking it? Um, and similarly, like I, you know, when you're watching good players, and you know, I'm playing with these guys, and, and all of a sudden there's a five birdie, like five holes in a row, that team made birdie. Me and Paul made bar, made pars. I think he made a par, one birdie, I made a bogey. But, you know, I, we're standing after six holes. I'm only one over par for the back nine, and we're four down. <laughs> but uh, rather than mope about it, I was just sort of, we were all having fun with it, you know. And like I said, I, I feel where maybe a year, a few years ago, I wouldn't have been able to admire, respect, enjoy Whatever was going on, but they were playing nice golf. It was cool to see, you know. Well, it's, exactly, and, and and I don't. You want to win. Every everyone who's an avid golfer wants to shoot a good score today. You want to win the tournament. You don't want to finish in second. You certainly don't want to finish last. But really, you, you take away all that stuff, which is generally kind of you know ego driven. What's the most important thing to me is that you had an absolute blast with golf buddies. Yeah. On a beautiful day in freaking November. Wow. I mean, that's awesome. And, and, and so what's the thing you're really talking about is how much fun you had playing golf. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, that's, that's to me, that's the key piece right there. You know, the score, you, you know, it's like, you know, I've had, when I have had good rounds or whatnot, leave the golf course, hey, today was a pretty good round. And then not think about it for the rest of the day because that's not really what's important. It's a balance for damn sure. I want to play well, but at the end of the day, I mean, having fun in the moment, laughing, carrying on. That, the golf That's one of the greatest gifts that golf gives us, I believe. I think lastly, I'd like to say that, you know, like I haven't, I've had a couple of, like I played nicely with you and Grant. And I've played kind of like, I haven't scored that great. And I know whatever I probably, I think I shot like 75 or something with you. Or it's pretty low, actually. It was yeah, something absolutely. like that. No, you had you had a really good round going. But but a typical sort like it wasn't like way below my average. But I, I have found that the fall has taken my attention off the score and how important that is to me. Like I said to my buddy Henrik the other day, I said I'm great at short putts for bogeys. <laughs> like, right, <laughs> like right now I am. Like maybe I'm not grinding over the eight-footer for par quite as much. Like, I mean, I care, but I don't super care. You know what I mean? Like I blipped out three or four times yesterday for par putts that I might have maybe ground a little harder. But I, to be honest with you, I just, you know, I was having fun with my robot. And I just, not that I didn't care. I just didn't care as much. And so, like I said, I had a lot of one-foot putt for bogeys yesterday. No trouble, no lost balls, no OB, no hazards, just fairway, miss a green, not get up and down, make a bogey, maybe make a par. You know what I mean? It was like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was just sort of like... Well, I totally get it. And maybe this is a good play to end because it connects to where we started. So yesterday after I... (laughs) I suffered my injury. Yeah, what did, after you got the cart to finish the round, love that well, part. It was like, so, so what I'm getting to is like, so, you know, like I said, I had this thing going on, this pain in my leg, and then my stomach cramps up and all that stuff. And then it's like, okay, let's hit a golf shot. So, <laughs> so I had a routine going of like one practice swing. And actually, back to what we, you and I talked about, you and I had a, um, a debrief after our round and one of the things you noticed was that I sent I tended to be um, hurrying my way through not taking my turn when it was my turn as you mm-hmm. uh, as you say and there's so much wisdom in that but so I was doing that yesterday but I, <laughs> I, I was kind of like laughing I put the ball on the ground and I, I just stood up and I just whacked it and 
you know, I've got this throbbing pain in my leg, but I just nuked that drive. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. And then, but it was like, then I just went, I went, oh, phone, phone Greg Pacenti for, for a cart. And, uh, so I was just like the way I was walking and hobbling. And I thought, I can't wait to tell Sandy this story because she's going to go. So wait a sec. You re- hurt yourself so badly you could barely walk and you finished the round? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Of course I finished the round. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Well, now, yeah, every golfer listening be like, of course you finished the round. You know, you got three holes to go. Uh, Tim O'Connor, O'ConnorGolf.ca. That's how you get a hold of him. We're back. Uh, the Humble and Fred Show, uh, producing new programs uh, each and every Monday through Thursday. Best of's on Friday and Saturday. Download, archive. Uh, we had a great week. If you want to hear from uh, former uh, Minister of Health, uh, Ontario, Tony Clement, uh, and uh, the world of politics, uh, Ralph Ben Mergy last week, uh, some great guests as well. Tim O'Connor, O'ConnorGolf.ca, as I mentioned. And... Uh, I'm not sure. We'll figure out whether we're going to do a Masters show next week or not. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I don't mind. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, we'll talk. All right. Yeah, we got we got we got uh, business to talk once we're done our official podcast. All right. We'll be right. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week. Thanks, everyone. Thanks to Taylor May. Inside, but